まもなくピクセルオブブレックファストに止まります。Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Breakfast Pod, your weekly dose of gaming news. It is Thursday, August 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Steve, joined as always by Blue. How's it going, Blue? I'm, I am tired. I'm dehydrated,、uh-huh. I think it's like the more important one. But I adjusted、Early、my chair. Summer morning. <laughs> But I adjusted my chair. Really hot. <laughs> and now I'm leaning forward to the mic. So I'm here. Let's do it.、Ah, so, so Miniboss will be happy when he,、uh, he gets his edit file in. Hopefully. I, I feel really bad. Like, it's like such a like, rookie mistake. Why don't you lean into your mic? I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> it's just because I've got, a, I got the mic arm from doing streaming and stuff, right? So my mic's always just in my face. It's yeah, to a point、yeah. I don't even notice it, even though it's right there. So, So,、uh, P- PSA but, out there, if you use a microphone, especially a good one, look close to your face. <laughs> yeah, right up in that mouth hole. Yeah.、Um, so, before we go into the news, we're just going to say at the top here that we're not going to talk、uh, about the Blizzard Activision.、Uh, God, I don't even know the word for it. The huge amount of just disgusting filth that's come out about that studio. Uh, the practices, sexual misconduct, harassment allegations, worker rights violations.、Uh, you know, this is still an ongoing investigation. We weren't around last week to when it all started to come out.、Uh, go listen to the Waypoint podcast to find out more about that. Go read things on Eurogamer or Vice or pretty much anywhere IGN are posting things about this.、Mm-hmm. Uh, quick overview is that, you know, the.、Uh, The state board in California, one of the、uh, legislating parties there, has、uh, done a two year investigation that has just drudged up a whole bunch of just really heinous stuff. Like, I was reading a couple of articles today about, like, there was on hotel visits、uh, on conventions and stuff, one of the producers had a hotel room co- nicknamed the Cosby Room, and everyone knew it. And just weird stuff like that, that you're just like, really? Is this how people talk and act? Like, Oh, oh, pretty bad、uh, culture and, and、uh, management and all that sort of stuff there.、Um, I don't know if you want to say anything blue, but I kind of feel like a lot of the reporting out there is a lot better than whatever we could do here. So I urge people to go seek that stuff out. Yeah, we can't cover it in the sense of like giving anyone、uh, full perspective. I, I'm struggling for phrasing there. It, it's, it's such a big and、um, <laughs> it's, it's a really, really, really big topic. And It's going to be one of those like, challenges to the public to like, keep it in your mind's eye and keep attention on it because it will.、Um, it'll, Blizzard Activision's hope for this is that it gets swept under the rug. That is very clearly what they're hoping will happen. They want this to be a it'll blow over situation.、Um, and to an extent, it will. But yeah, more people are aware of it, the better.、Um, disgusting stuff happening. For sure. Yeah. The interesting thing here is, as you said, like, yeah, it'll probably blow over eventually in a way. And I totally agree with that sense of it. But we saw that happen with Ubisoft. Like, it felt like for about three weeks there, they were at the center of everyone's ire and conversation. And then it just disappeared.、Uh, and a result of this now happening is Ubisoft employees are speaking out again, being like, hey, nothing's changing over here.、Yep. Do something about this now. Nothing is actually changing. Um, so, hopefully, you know, Activision and Blizzard is like, like Ubisoft's a big company, don't get me wrong, and people like Ubisoft games, but like Blizzard is like God tier in the hearts and minds of gamers. 
And I think many of them will be upset, like granted, not all of them, because a lot of people are, you know, completely detached from the business side and learning about the people behind the studio. But I think there is enough momentum here that hopefully there is some, something's got to give, something's got to give. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. Mm, yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but anyway, moving on to gaming news, uh, which is the impossible pivot to make. Uh, but we're going to make that. Please, once again, if you do care about this stuff, go seek out those uh, reports and we will report on anything going forward that comes out of this. Um, but yeah, I figure if you're listening to this, you probably listen to other gaming podcasts and stuff. So you've heard it all 10 times before. So uh, hey, here's something anyway. that I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I oh, this, yeah. this it came up in my head as we were talking about this. I know we're trying to move on, but this came up that wasn't necessarily reported on. And I thought it would be um, particularly pertinent. So um, something that was brought to light over Twitter. And it's like not really like newsworthy because this isn't like when these people joined the company. However, um, there are three um what is the crap uh the c-suite it's that's that's a reference to what level of administration um like above executive you know what i mean yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. um there are three members there um who i am like skimming now um francine townsend fran townsend uh from the bush administration's third or four Third of four Homeland Security Advisors, um, the Hurricane, uh, a, a, tor- a torture apologist or like believer is like, what is her official title in the company? Um, is the, wow, this is really bad. She's part of like one of the, um, the level of administrators just below the shareholders, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she is also the executive sponsor of the Employee Women's Network um, at Blizzard. Um, I want to just kind of go through this. It's been a while since I looked at this. Uh, Trump administration undersecretary of state and Mike Pompeo sycophant Brian Bulatau is the chief administration officer. and then. Uh, last one, Grant Dixon, Bush's associate counsel, second in command at the time to Alberto Gonzalez, primary advocate of warrantless surveillance in the Bush administration. Um, these are all members of um, the Blizzard side of like administration. I can't remember that word. It's so annoying. There, there's a word there for like. Uh, above the you know day to day running of the business thing and below the shareholders, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not sure how much this is getting out there. Um, the, what you might see if you go looking is that um, the first name I mentioned, Fran Townsend, um, <laughs> just after all of this like happened, like I think middle of this week or maybe end of last week, uh, tweeted out a pro union busting. Um, legal firm thing which is very yeah, so like, clearly on their mind the there's there's quite a bit of reporting about this stuff one thing that i will say is i it's it's a bit poor form to be like 
every bit of reporting I see around these people is just like, yeah, they were involved with the the administration under Bush and surveillance and torture and stuff, which I get that that's bad, but mm. that has nothing to do with what they're doing at Activision Blizzard. What that does do, though, is, as you just demonstrated, shows that, hey, they've got people here that were very, like, uh, anti, anti-freedom of speech. They have people here that are doing uh, union busting and that sort of stuff, and that is definitely the the call to action here by uh, the the board at uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, by all accounts, a lot of this comes from uh, Activision side rather than the Blizzard side from most of what we're hearing here. Um, but the, the law firm, basically the workers asked for uh, third-party support uh, around this stuff, not someone that's already working at the company and all this sort of uh, jazz. And they have appointed a legal firm that also works for Amazon that also uh, strongly like busted up the the unionization over at Amazon, right? Like, so they are taking control of this, even though they're sending out public letters of "We hear you, we mm. we see you." But the the danger that I see here is that this is just being turned into a right wing versus left wing issue uh, because of these people's previous past in politics. Um, I think that while that is a factor, every piece I've seen is that's the focus, and I don't agree. With it. But anyway. Uh, yeah, not a good time. Um, and I, you know, at the end of the day, Activision Blizzard uh, is a business that is making a ton of money and giving a lot of that money to people like Bobby Kotick while other people are being harassed and not safe to go to work. So, you know, big business is just um, a pile of shit and uh, really makes it hard to enjoy this industry. Like, this industry is fraught with a lot of issues uh, on every single level. And a lot of people aspire to, I would love to go work for Riot Games or Activision or work on Assassin's Creed. It's been my favorite. And like all of these places have just had huge, huge issues. Uh, but then you've got like Skullgirls, uh, whatever that, what's the name of their studio again? Lab Zero. Um, yeah, Lab Zero on the other end of that spectrum too, that are a very small team that people love to work for that had you know similar issues on a, on a smaller scale, but similar issues. Uh, it's just, you know, something needs to change. I don't know what it is. I don't know what is going on here. Um, but yeah, not a, not a good feeling, not a, you know, hard to, hard to be excited and defend a lot of stuff. Um, anyway, yeah, that was a bit of a tangent there. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the news. Uh, Amazon has delayed the new world. Uh, so this game, uh, for those who don't know, new world is an MMO that's been on in development from Amazon for a very long time. They've done two uh, pre-launch alpha beta, I guess they're beta tests, um, and they've been delayed after both. Uh, this is the latest one. Uh, they have pushed it back to late September, so at least it's not a huge uh, delay. It's going to be launching on the 28th of September. In a tweet here, a message from the devs, uh, it says, we are humbled by the support of New World received from players around the world throughout closed beta. During beta, more than a million adventurers played more than 16 million total hours. Thanks to your support, New World became one of the most watched games on Twitch, and one of the most played games on Steam. The passion and enthusiasm you've shown for New World validates the work we've put in over the past year, improving the game based on your feedback. Along the way, you've also given us a ton of feedback that we'll use to make New World even better. We want New World's launch to be a smooth and fun experience for all players, and that means making some improvements based on what you encounter during closed beta. 
So we're going to take a few extra weeks to smash bugs, improve stability, and polish the game. New World's new global launch date is September 28, 2021. This was not an easy decision to make. We know this isn't the first time we've changed our launch date in pursuit of quality and that it can be disappointing to wait a bit longer, but we want to make sure we deliver you the highest quality game possible at launch. Thank you for your support and feedback. We're listening. We'll see you in Atenum, which I guess is the name of the world. Um, you know, I think the the subtext here is, hey, we're Amazon and every game we've ever tried to make has failed and this one has some success, so we're making sure we get it right. Um, yeah, I'm like you know, not trouble. sure if we're <laughs> even still getting this and I'm not sure I'll believe it until it launches. But like it's yeah. it's so far along. There, yeah, and something like, will happen. Everyone, a lot of people, yeah, Fine. a lot of people are enjoying this a lot and, you know, I've watched a bit of it. I'm very interested in it. Um, it's one of those things I did, don't want to play the closed betas because then like progress resets and yada, yada, yada. And then you get into something and you can't play it anymore. But um, yeah, New World looks pretty cool. I'm, I'm excited to see, as you said, if it actually, I'll believe it when it's actually fully downloadable <laughs> and purchasable final version, right? We don't just have two years of this beta period. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Do you ever think about, so I don't know if you've played games this way where you go, oh yeah, I'm like, Eight hours in now, and I finally understand the game. I wish I could start over, but you know what? I'm too far gone. Oh. Do you ever have that? I am a serial. So I I have a different version of what you're doing. Mm. I have a serial. I have a serial start a game and then restart a game. Uh, part yep. of it comes from there. There are two reasons why I do this. One is I'll quickly flick on a game to check it out. Uh, whether it's for review or around a review, or perhaps I get pulled into review. So then I come back and I have to start again because I don't remember what's going on. Or B, uh, I enjoy the game so much that I restart it, as you said, to optimize like what mm-hmm. I'm doing or mm-hmm. with the learnings. And then I never want the game to end. So I just keep restarting it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will, per- I will subconsciously <laughs> sit. Divinity. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> divinity yeah i I will subconsciously sit that game aside for whatever reason and then come back to it like a year later i still haven't finished breath of the wild i've played the start of breath of the wild like the first like five hours of that game probably about eight times since it launched mm-hmm. um because like if i'm gonna play it i'm gonna sit down and play it uh, mm-hmm. and i never seem to be able to get past that you know five to six hour hump mm-hmm. yeah i um, only ask yeah, mmos I are definitely like, a bit um, like that Right. No, I actually I asked because I feel like that's a chance for like closed beta and stuff like that, right? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. yeah I don't know if true. other people look at it that way. Because I didn't until like literally right then as you said, no, I'm going to have to start over. And then I was like, some games I do like want that opportunity though. But because I think like you as well, I don't want to get this like unfinished thing. But maybe it's time to revisit that from my perspective and like take demos and betas as a chance to like do that first start and then go, all right, this is how I'll do it right next time. You know? Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely valid. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, makes a lot more sense for games that have like, you know, um, yeah. Where you're building a character in different styles. Right. Yep. Like I used to do that in wow a lot. It's like, okay, what does a ranger look like for the first 10 levels? Okay. What does a mage look like? Like that's a good opportunity to work out what you want to do when the game launches, I guess. For sure. Yep. Uh, so we're, 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 we're in the delay corner at the moment. So we're just going to go through a bunch of delays. And the mm. next one is uh horizon forbidden West has been delayed into quarter one, 2022 it was supposed to hit holiday season, 2021. Mm. 
not super surprising. Quote but here? obviously yeah, hurts yeah, yeah, the yeah. the bottom line, right? If Horizon Forbidden West could have been a Christmas title, would have been really big for Sony. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of buying you time until you get to your quote there. <laughs> Yeah, so this hasn't been 1,000% confirmed. as mm. So the exact quote from Sony earlier this year, uh, Sony uh, hinted a slip that it might be possible that it would be delayed. Uh, we think we're on track to release uh, Horizon Forbidden West this holiday season, but it isn't quite certain yet, and we're working as hard as we can to confirm that to you as soon as we can. Since then, Jeff Grubb over at GameBeat, who has broken a lot of stories uh, over the last couple of years, has suggested that uh, the company is undecided. But Jason Schreier has come in and said that they have actually decided. Uh, his, his statement was, Sony has delayed the PlayStation exclusive to the first quarter of 2022, according to his source. To clarify one question, it seems like the original rumor was that Sony hadn't decided yet, but my understanding is that the game was delayed a little while ago. Um, so... I mean, of course you would say it's not decided yet because you're trying to move those PlayStation 5s whenever they are in stock for mm-hmm. people wanting to get that game when it launches. So it makes It'll sense. They'll hold off exactly as long as they can. It. Yeah. Yeah. So this might um, but yeah. trigger them to um, pull their timetable up. But mm. yeah, I, it, it'll see. be a high quality game when it launches is, is my hope. Like I do. The the worst case scenario is that this pressures them into doing the um, holiday window when they're not ready for it. So, mm. with any luck, um, if the if a delay is needed, that a delay happens. Yeah. Um, sticking with the delays here, this is uh, Icarus, which uh, it comes from Rocketworks, which is uh, it's an interesting studio. So, uh, remember Daisy, folks? Do you remember Daisy when it launched as a mod and became the most insanely successful overnight sensation way back in? I want to say it was like 2013-ish or something. 2010 is when it started making waves, I think. I think. Oh, yeah. No, that would make sense because I just started as a Mm. full-time games journalist when that thing came out. I suspect 2013 is when the standalone was announced. Yeah, I think that is correct. Um, So that was originally a mod for uh, Armor? Armor 2. Armor, right? Armor 2 specifically. Armor 2 from Dean Hall. Uh, and then that person, uh, after the standalone came out, left and made his own studio and hasn't really released anything, I don't think, or nothing of note. Um, I think he's done a few mobile games over there in New Zealand. Um, anyway, he he announced Icarus, I think it was at the Game Awards last year, I think it was, um, mm. which is a PvP, uh, PvE survival game where you're mining for resources on a planet and that sort of thing. It's been delayed until November. It was also originally meant to be a free-to-play game, but now it's a full-price pro- project, and they're hosting a bunch of beta weekends uh, coming up. Uh, I don't think it does a say if you have to buy this. Rocketworks will be launching the Icarus beta, available to anyone who pre-orders the game on the 28th of August. Uh, they are going to be five uh, weekend sessions that will be introducing new elements and areas of the game, uh, and then it'll be launching at the end of November. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited for this game for many reasons. One, just because I interviewed Dean Hall way back in the day and I've been following him on Twitch because he does a lot of dev streams and he's just a super smart, really interesting person. Mm. And I think that 
DayZ was created, like, was a creative project, but I don't think he ever expected it to do what it did, just, like, completely catch on. And, and it changed the industry in a lot of ways, even though no one's super talking about it now except the hardcore community around that game. Yeah. That, that game set the tone for games for, you know, five, five or so years. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think have brought it's this up interesting. Before, but there mm. is a very good through line for Daisy into Fortnite. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I have to hear this theory now. So, um, well, hang on. Hold that thought. Hold sure. that thought. Let me just close out yeah, the yeah. story. F- finish, yeah, finish um, the story. Yeah, so anyway, the game looks pretty cool. Uh, if you do want to check it out, it is uh, 10% off at the moment. It's about 30 bucks Australian. Um, and yeah, I'm just interested to see what a new game, a uh, completely new original game from uh, Rocketworks looks like. Anyway, no, so, give me uh, a theory. I, I, I jump back and forth now. I'm so sorry. Uh, I want to point out the re- one of the reasons Icarus looks really, really, really promising is that when you go and look at their, like this plan, this demo plan is a plan over like two months. No game that's like not ready will have a plan like that. Yeah, right. and I think he he is very used to quick iteration based on community feedback. Like DayZ was a community game long before, mm. you know, Bohemia Interactive took over the standalone. Mm. Um, so I think, like, it's it's one of those things, you know, how early access is like, oh, we're going to make it with our community, and it kind of yeah, really yeah, doesn't. Yeah. It's just yeah. more of a funding thing. Like, I feel like this is a, hey, you're paying in because you know that we are going to do this and we have a plan to do it, right? So yeah. I think that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, so look, hit me with your promising. theory, the through line, uh, the through line. So, um, a, a comedy channel that I quite enjoy Soviet Womble does like, you know, highlight clips of like funny moments in the games and well edited, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, the person in charge of it is like really into, um, Daisy really into that space and is also looking to do like more long form serious stuff. And the first thing he tackled was um Daisy. And I had always seen Battle Royale as a genre of um FPS and multiplayer, but slowed down, right? So basically mm-hmm. the idea here is just if you look at it from the other perspective, and this makes perfect sense from his perspective, if you follow his timeline um and you watch it, it's it's actually a really great set of videos that like goes through what Daisy is and like what player needs it's trying to meet, um, what its goals are especially as warped and morphed by uh, the players who play it, right? Because if you think about it, Daisy when it first started was literally there wasn't really a point. It was just survive as long as you could. But people got so hooked on that concept that they added mods to you know do all kinds of stuff, including like base building and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So if you look at it from the perspective, not of shooters, but slowed down, but of survival, but sped up, then there is this through line that gets you to PUBG because you have a very simple concept of people are dropped in the middle of nowhere and then certain factors force them to congregate. In the case of DayZ, it's, um, you know, smartly designed Things that you need tend to be in like fixed locations. Don't know if you know, but Daisy has a fixed map. It's not randomly generated every time, right? It's it's not a in in an age because back in like 2010, like procedural generation was the thing back then. Daisy has a fixed map, and one of the things that that allows the game to do is it allows to put like stress points of like if you want medicine, you have to go to this specific spot, and that like encourages encounters, right? 
So taking mm-hmm. that kind of like pressure system and just going, hey, maybe there's just this ring that forces everyone close towards each other. It's this idea of you get dropped in nowhere, you have to scavenge for resources, and eventually the the like rules for survival force you to meet each other. Um, you know, one of the player types that got drawn to this was just, yeah, I want to see what that feels like. Uh, and I, I don't need to like have this character that lasts forever, but like, yeah, let's, let's just have this like few hour long character and, and see how we go in, in a, in a round of round of Daisy, right? Whatever that looks like. And so I can see that through line of how that leads into a, let's make that even more streamlined. Let's get that into a, um, 20 minute, if you maybe even 10 minute, if you die, um game and 20 minute if you don't you know just drop people let them pick up loot and uh drive them into the center let them kill each other battle royale and so you get PUBG, and then obviously i don't need to tell you about how PUBG eventually leads into fortnite right so super super like interesting thing to note of like when you don't see where something comes from it looks so revolutionary but like Nothing in this world changes that fast. Um, there's always mm-hmm. a lot of innovation. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's fair. Mm. I, I also think that a, a thing that connects that through line is, like you, you say that it, DayZ goes to PUBG, it's also DayZ spawned out of that armor community as well. So they both cut from the same cloth. Yeah, absolutely. In a lot of ways. Um, mm. And he does like very interesting not market analysis because he doesn't like use those numbers, but like uh, player want analysis. Like when you make a game, mm-hmm. what is your what is your like core gameplay and, and what needs is it scratching and what kind of players are you hitting? And then he like divides that among all the different because Daisy has like billion T mods, right? A lot of people have taken their stab at like making Daisy of like leaving their stamp on Daisy, and he has more like specific examples of like these few. Um, these few ones were like standing out and then all of those community members went into PUBG because that was exactly what they wanted, you know? So, um, yeah, very, very interesting. And of course, like there's a limitation of like where our perspective starts, right? Because even for me, as I was watching his video, like he would mention certain things and I'd be like, actually, I've seen some of that. I don't remember the specifics now, but I've seen some of that, again, player want, player desire of like this kind of game. I've seen that in Warcraft 3 custom maps. Because that's another like gigantic landscape, like everything's iterative. Um, you know, if mm-hmm. you go back further past my experience, you'd see that through StarCraft. Um, you'd see that through Doom modding and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Okay. I'll take your theory. And uh, yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, so Icarus. Yeah. Icarus, uh, all, all through to uh, Icarus, uh, Daisy, Circle of Life. Um, yeah, be interesting. I do think it's when we think about that through line to like, there is definitely somehow we've come back around to the left for dead model mm-hmm. where it's PVE and then Tarkov is splintering that into PVP and everything's mm-hmm. just splintering off into the multiverse basically. Mm. And then a um, certain game will be, will have enough like appeal that it'll like pull players back into the same thing and then it'll splinter again yeah. because people will go, what if, yeah. what if this, but what if this, but, and then, um, well, we've gone full circle again with wild rift, pulling people back into MOBAs and then Pokemon unite. Yeah. This is such a weird tangent that we've landed on. 
Mm. So I, I don't I don't know if you've played Pokemon Unite. I've played I'm a little bit all. of Pokemon Unite. I mm. like MOBAs, but they're like a huge time sink. Um, and there's a lot of learning and stuff. Uh, Pokemon Unite is really interesting because Pokemon Unite, even though it has a lot of like really bad monetization and pay to win mechanics, it proves that you can do a MOBA that's a bit more casual and has, in- but still has interesting depth. And I really do think that that is going to spawn out a new wave of, of, you know, like the thing that I would say is Fall Guys kind of showed that you could do a battle royale that's not a milsim, mm-hmm. you know, like love it or hate it. And then we're also starting to see spinoffs around that. Like I think Pokemon Unite could be the catalyst for a more casual but still competitive, interesting MOBA. And I think we're going to see an explosion in that space. As you say, everything is iterative, even if it feels like it's not. Because like PUBG or even Rocket League, Rocket League was made once before, the exact same game essentially, right? Yeah. Like it was an iteration on its predecessor from the same developer, just like uh, you know, the the battle royale genre had been made as mods yeah, for PUBG, a long time before PUBG one is finally not the hit. first PUBG is not even the first standalone. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah, exactly. H1Z1, right? There's, I don't remember what specifically, but there's like things before it. I don't, yeah. Um, it's in that space. It's all in that like brown military shooter space. <laughs> I hate to yeah. be reductive, but like to me, that's what it looks like. Because I'm not in that space, right? So that's what it looks like from the outside. I, yeah. I know there's more there, but I just don't. Not, I wasn't there. I, I wasn't there, man. You know, as the <laughs> from uh, you weren't there. Yeah. Moving on, and we have another delay, Skatebird, the game where you're a bird that skates. It's basically micro machines on a skateboard, but with adorable birds uh, from Glass Bottom Games uh, has been pushed back to September, which is an extra few weeks. I think this is the second delay for this game. Uh, basically, the developer has written, hit some bugs, SDK stuff where the old code worked, but the new one suddenly didn't. You get the idea. Gave us more time to polish other stuff up, though. So that's nice. Uh, it's coming to Switch, Xbox, PC, and Amazon Luna on the 16th of September. Uh, and it's going to be coming for Game Pass for those of you who have Game Pass. I don't know if that's for console or PC. Um, but yeah, Skatebird looks pretty rad. It's been floating around the indie scene for quite some time. People have been pretty excited for it. So uh, yeah, that's going to be cool. Check out the delay trailer um, if you're like interested in this because it was a freaking adorable trailer. Yeah, all of the art for this game just looks rad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> rad. But here's something that you... Oh, here's something you could talk about, Blue, though. Capcom says that Street Fighter V's final character, Luke, will help expand the world of Street Fighter. Boy, can uh, I. Luke is dropping in November. Uh, yeah, so Luke is I. dropping in November. It's going to be the final character, and I'm going to let you talk about it and say all the things that I don't understand. Right. Um, context street fighter five was done street fighter five ended in championship edition that came out uh, either end of last like proper end of last year or no that didn't sound right middle of last year i think um yeah champion oh crap championship edition probably was start of 2020 yeah and then um like the capcom didn't say it was done then uh, the last character at that point was Gil. And that was a really big character to end on because... So Street Fighter's story is very weird. Um, the story, the furthest point chronologically the story has been is technically Street Fighter Third Strike. Um, because Street Fighter Four was uh, not a reboot, but they went back to 
post Street Fighter 2, I believe, or like maybe even just before Street Fighter 2. And then, um, actually, yeah, that's right. And then Street Fighter 5 carries on from there. So technically, chronologically, the furthest in the timeline we've ever been was Street Fighter Third Strike, and Gil was the final boss for that. So that made a really good cap-off point for the series, uh, for Street Fighter Five for the game, sorry. And then about halfway through last year, they said that, well, we planned for Championship Edition to be the last thing we did for this game, uh, implying that they were moving on to Street Fighter Six. But since the reception for Championship Edition was so good, we're going to roll out one final season of DLC. Right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, it's earning them money, so let's do it. Um, and what we, everyone in the community thought, yeah, that's freaking cool, and that this will be a victory lap. And it sort of was, because we got, like, um, you know, returning characters, where, you know, sometimes DLC is like, yeah, who can we get to, like, jump in? And in this case, they just kind of went, yeah, let's get some returning characters in. Let's Let's, we have so much time now. Let's like make them super interesting and super fits uh, fitting for Street Fighter Five. And we got Rose. Uh, we got Oro. So I believe there are six. Let me see if I can do this off the top of my head. Rose, Oro. Um, oh wow, that was fast. Uh, two out of six, folks. I feel like I'm already forgetting someone. Is why I'm <laughs> pausing. Um, yeah, I've definitely forgotten a couple of people there because I think Oro is the fourth character and i just missed some people uh anyway the the like big surprise at the time was um akira kazama which is um a character from rival schools a like franchise no one has heard of for like 20 years because capcom hasn't done anything with it it's like one of capcom's early forays into 3d fighters that's not a thing that capcom normally does so if their fifth out of sixth character was this like huge callback you know, series crossover, but from the same publisher, right? They own the rights. And and she looked really good in early development. Oh, uh, I forgot Dan. Dan was the first character, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm-hmm. If that was character five, and they were keeping character six a secret, who the hell is character six? So a lot of speculation went around. of like, hey, maybe character six is an actually like crossover to another company's character. That's what a lot of people were expecting, right? Character six is, a, is mm-hmm. a someone out there. Uh, I personally thought, no, nah, character six is probably an old pole, <laughs> like an old pole, like Street Fighter 1. Like, who even knows what a Street Fighter 1 character is besides Ryu and Ken? Like, Eagle is in there. Uh, he's, you know, weird characters. Like, maybe something like that. Um, so it came as a surprise to everyone that it's a brand new original character. So that's where we're standing right now. Luke is brand new and original. Uh, and the language that that was used in the broadcast was that uh, from what we um, let's see, uh, yeah, you know the the specific terms was Luke is a brand new character who quote unquote will help expand the world of Street Fighter. So knowing that Street Fighter Six was on the horizon, um, a lot of people are speculating that he is related to that, that he might be a protagonist for Street Fighter Six. Um, we're not sure how far this moves us into the Street Fighter Third Strike timeline. So Bison in mm-hmm. chronologically Street Fighter Five story deals with Bison. Bison, he, Bison, um, he doesn't die because it's too campy for someone to die. But he, um, he totally like forced to die. You know, like Obi Wan and Yoda, and he, he like goes up in, yeah, into yeah, psycho yeah, energy. Yeah. Is how he he quote unquote dies. Um, so that that storyline is is done. 
and obviously introducing Gil and Urien uh, means that they're coming up to the, the, the bad guys in... So I love uh, Street Fighter naming, right? Uh, Bison's organization was called Shadowloo. <laughs> Uh, he has the four kings mm-hmm. under him. Uh, the four, yeah, the four kings. Um, the the bad guys in Street Fighter Three, the Illuminati. Uh, <laughs> and the Illuminati's rise was actually like um, spread out throughout Street Fighter Five story. Like we see Urien acting behind mm-hmm. the scenes, and then his brother Gil at the end stepping in, and just going, "I'm fucking taking matters in my own hands." That's effectively what that was like feeling like. Um, so. We're not sure where the timeline is going to end up in terms of like Street Fighter Six coming out, um, but it should be mm-hmm. interesting. So, little known fact potentially, um, Street Fighter is a series that actually tries to reinvent itself quite heavily. Street Fighter Four was actually an anomaly because it featured heavily re- returning characters. That's not something that a lot of people will think about, but like Street Fighter One, Street Fighter Two, as I said, only had Ken and Ryu return, right? And then mm-hmm. there's like a million versions of Street Fighter 2. But Street Fighter 2 is what the characters are all the characters that people like got familiar with. And then when Street Fighter 3 came out, initially, Ryu wasn't even meant to be in the game. The new protagonist was going to be the character named Alex. Um, and that tested so poorly when they like re- did street tests that they decided, no, Ryu has to be in this game. That's the only reason why Ryu's in there. Right? Yeah, right. Interesting. Um, so... You know, I'm not sure what their plan is. Like, Street Fighter 4 implied that there's this character, Abel, who is a French MMA fighter who is also blonde and has giant mitts. Um, uh, some some people are, like, pulling comparisons to him for Luke um, as, like, what he's mm-hmm. going to do. I actually see a bit of Alex in there. Again, Alex is the blonde, muscle-bound jock. <laughs> I don't know, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he he is famous for shouting power bomb as he like puts you in the ground. Um, not not very like, you know, it, it's not out there his his character design. So Luke, he feels like it's going down that same path, and I'm not sure what Capcom's plan. There's like some mystery in the um, trailer, right? Um, Luke's opening say he he says something like. I want to become more like that man, quote unquote. And like, we don't know who he's referring to. Um, maybe we'll find out that Gil used to be blonde before he was red and blue. Um, he has this like star that's not part of Capcom's insignia. Well, not recently, at least um, that like the Capcom logo floats in on. Um, so it's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that like people were trying to dissect in there. There's a like very f- popular fan theory out there that he is uh, because Street Fighter V has re-originated a few characters, um, most notably. Um, are you familiar with Strider from Strider Hear You? Or sorry, Strider Hear You from Strider. Backwards. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. Strider Hear You is a like several hundred year old mercenary in the like three um, thousands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the originator of the Strider program slash um, uh, organization, the first Strider is in Street Fighter V. His name is Zeku. Mm-hmm. So Capcom is no stranger to like redesigning a lot of their characters. And like one of the fan theories is that, oh my God, is Luke Captain Commando? <laughs> 
uh, (laughs) which is a pull. He's not very sure he's not, but it's a pull. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And that would be quite interesting if it were true, because again, I, I don't know how well this is signposted. Captain Commando is supposed to be Capcom's like mascot character. Capcom doesn't have a mascot character, right? It's yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to be Captain Commando. And it's in the name. If you shorten Captain Commando, you get Capcom. Ah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. That makes total sense. So <laughs> it would be interesting if true. Probably not, though. Um, that's about all we know about Luke right now. A lot of speculation. It's very fun to like have fan theories. He'll hit the streets in uh, November. Is that right? Uh, uh, yes, November. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're out in November. And that'll be the end. In theory, that'll be the end of Street Fighter V. Like, it's, it's done. It's run is over. Um, I believe Capcom has committed to one final round of their Pro Tour. Um, mm-hmm. Which is cool. Uh, I think this online season of the Pro Tour over the last year or two um, has been all right. Um, it has been mired by the fact that Capcom's Netcode in Street Fighter V, Street Fighter V came out in 2016. Its netcode, I don't think, has really advanced since then. Like it's been improved, but like you can't go back and like rebuild it. It's too expensive. I say that NetherRealm Studios did that, uh, and and they said it was very, very, very expensive to do that. So um, its netcode really, really sucks. Like to to put it frankly, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so like going to an online thing has been very rough for a lot of the players to the point where. Um, in an interview, like on Capcom Air, in an interview with one of the top players in uh, North America, like, you know, proven over the years to be a hyper-dominant force, placing top, I think it's like top fours very consistently in the big tournaments, um, a player by the name, going by the name of Punk, um, he just mm-hmm. outright admitted, like, after, I think it was after a loss, they asked him, like, so what, what do you... What are your plans? Are you like going to go back and train? And he's like, nah, he doesn't want to play Street Fighter Five. He just don't want to deal with the online. And then he, yeah. you know, clarified himself like, I love the game. He still loves the game. He just hates playing Street Fighter Five online. So commentators have criticized yeah, them for it, enough. but for someone on Capcom Air to say that, that's huge, right? Like that's one of those like, uh, what does the brand team do about this kind of deal? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's it's going to be an interesting space. Uh, it's probably time for Street Fighter Five to take its curtain call, and um, this might imply that Street Fighter Six's development is further along than than not. Right? It 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 probably means that they are thinking about the story at the very least. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think that they've had this. Okay. They've had it developed yeah. in development for a long time, yep. right? Like it, it may not be anywhere near ready for release, mm. but they haven't. Like Street Fighter Six has been worked on for more than a couple of years, I would the, say. The yeah, Street Fighter Six has It'd been be, on people's lips for uh, three years now, from what I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just from a development standpoint, it would be stupid for them to be like starting from scratch now, <laughs> like this late into the game, especially when they thought that they were getting ready to sunset and they decided not to. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Um, it should also be noted here, if you're like kind of just following along the story, it doesn't take a full development team to run DLC. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. So while this victory lap has been ongoing, it they, they probably spun off a spun up. Uh, yeah, they just like spun some people off into this into this DLC, and then um, the rest of the team kept working on. They're, they're probably in engine at the moment. Um, the Street Fighter Five introduced mm-hmm. the V skill and V triggers the V system that both boils down to V skill and V trigger that locks um, a lot of like characters like super iconic stuff behind. Um, like momentary activations in the game, um, it's it's an interesting system, and I'm not sure if they're going to revisit it. They don't tend to revisit systems, um, other than out of Street Fighter Two, the system that like got brought forward was like Super Bar, I guess. Um, and if you remember, Street Fighter Two didn't Street Fighter Two base game doesn't have supers. Um, Street Fighter Three had the parry system. Street Fighter Four had the focus attack system. Street Fighter Five has the V system. Um, none of these have so far repeated. They've kind of come back as like specific niche character abilities but like it's not universal anymore so uh, a lot to look forward to if you're a street fighter fan if you're a fighting game fan uh, capcom is a big mover in this like capcom games may not be super amazing or even like the best to play when you compare it to its contemporaries but uh it puts butts in seats it gets people mm-hmm. watching street fighters and name people recognize more than tekken more than Soul Calibur, more than Dead or Alive, Street Fighter is like a name that people go, that's a fighting game. I think the only thing that can really compare to Street Fighter is Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah, 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 I think so. So, see where this goes? That was a tangent. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, you asked me to expand on it. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. All good. Uh, so we have, uh, Art of Rally, which we've spoken about on this, uh, podcast before it's making its way to switch and Xbox on the 12th of August. So next Thursday, by the day we record this next week, it'll be out. Um, so we won't have played it. It's going to be coming. Yeah, we won't have played it yet. Um, it's going to be coming alongside a big free update, which is, uh, named Kenya, which is going to bring with it new tracks, I'm guessing, in Kenya, I'm guessing. Uh, Maybe it's just an obtuse way of going, Kenya, make these runs. Uh, never mind, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, it introduces four, four new cars, two new songs, six challenge set in new locations, including Mount Kenya and Lake Victoria, plus a new map complete with zebras, giraffes, and elephants. Uh, so, yeah, Art of Rally, super sick game. Uh, it's a hard game. Don't let its uh, cute aesthetic fool you. It's a very hard mm. game, but I think it's really, really rad. And uh, you can check it out on console starting next week. Rally racing is really um, hard. Yeah, yeah. Got to get that counter steer on. Uh, so uh, Solar Ash, which is the new game from Heart Machine, uh, the creators of Hyperlight Drifter, uh, has got a release date and it's going to be hitting PlayStation and PC on the 26th of October. It was announced last year. Looks amazing. Uh, under the working title Solar Ash Kingdom, mm-hmm. I believe now it's just called Solar Ash. Mm. Um, yeah, it's got that same sort of Hyperlight Drifter color palette, mm. but it's in full 3D mm. and it looks absolutely wild. And I still don't really know what it is. It's a exploratory platform action game, yeah. apparently, and um, yeah, it looks super cool. So it'd be PS4, PS5, and PC. I on think. Of October. So I don't know specifically either but if you want an idea of it my best guess is it is journey like uh and with platforming bosses that's my guess okay that that makes a lot of sense for the type of game that they 
game that they made. Yeah, I, that, they made one game. But yeah, yeah. That, that's what I would guess from the like snippet of gameplays that we've been given. I think there's been like two sequences yeah. with gameplay in their trailers. Yeah, that's my guess. Mm. Um, so Outer Wilds is getting its first and only expansion in September. The story is basically for Waffle. Um, if you're listening, Waffle, you got a new uh, chapter of the game. It's going to be uh, weaved directly into the existing world and narrative of the uh, original. Um, now, if you've played the game, you'd be wondering how and also why, and all of those are very good questions, was the quote from the developer. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be coming out. Uh, I don't know, Outer Wilds, I just I couldn't get into it. I understand why people enjoy it. I, I It has everything in a game that I should enjoy. I just can't. Get, get into it it's too big brain for me mm. um i was but, gonna say is it too yeah, chill for another because it seems very chill Nah, it's not the, it's not the chill of it i just hate the way it controls sure. i really really hate the way it controls i do not like the flying mechanics yeah. yeah um and it is just like floating around dying restarting getting information and just like it just didn't grab me the story writing just did not grab me um yeah so not for me um Naraka Blade Point, which is the uh, melee battle royale game from Chinese developer 24 Entertainment, uh, it's going to be coming to console soon. This will be a big uh, one. I don't even know if we have a PC. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if we have a PC release date, but it's coming to console soon. Uh, at the, uh, and they at shared the a trailer. Bottom, it says um, PC on 12th Oh, 12th August. of August. Yeah. Oh, okay. Guess I know what I'm doing next week. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's coming to console soon. They released their trailer for PS5 gameplay. Uh, it hit over 120,000 concurrent players on Steam during the beta test in April. Yeah. Um, so wanna, that's pretty wild. It looked rad. I want to point out. Oh, do you play? No, it? no, no. I want to point out that in the article we're looking oh. at, um, there are four instances of the game name, including the title. Uh, two of them. Okay, five instances. Uh, and like three of them are spelled Nakara. I'm pretty sure it's Naraka, Naraka Playpoint. Ah, uh, yeah, it's Naraka, Naraka Playpoint. Yeah, that's an interesting, like, um, consistent typo. Makes me wonder if I've been like thinking of the game in the wrong. Oh no, I can see the the video. Obviously, I just didn't look in front of my eyes. It says Naraka. Yeah, yeah. I think this one will be huge. Um, this 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 will grab a lot of people to try it, and whether people hang on. I think that one of the problems of this game is that uh, because it's well made and like smartly thought out, it has hit stun. As in, when people hit you, you flinch. Um, that'll piss a lot of people off. Because mm. you're going to get like flinched out of something and then just die. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. this is. It's. Um... I think it's one of those ones that looks like, oh, yeah, this is easy to play and anyone can play it. And then as the strategies and, you know, skill ceiling rises, it's going to become, you know, quite a, uh, you know, a high, like it's going to be hard for newcomers in six months from now mm -hmm. to get into this game, I think. So because the skill ceiling is just going to be so much higher than something like, um, you know, Fortnite or Apex. The comparable point I have to for this would be, it took a lot of people time to get used to the fact that in Valorant, when you got shot, you slowed down. Yeah. Right. So this would be similar. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think this will be like a similar thing of like, mm. man, when you get hit, you just like flinch. And um, some of the flinch animations will yeah. go for a while, like a good like half a second, two seconds. That's um, that's a lot of stun. Yeah. So from a design yeah, perspective, yeah, yeah, it's going to sure. be very interesting. 
Um, and the last bit of news here is that there was a new update for Pokemon Snap. Oh, Snap. Uh, came out. Yeah, oh, came out uh, just a couple of days ago. Now it added three new areas and over 20 more Pokemon, including Psyduck and Snorlax. Um, I don't know. I don't like Pokemon. Don't. <laughs> haven't played Snap. But I know that there wasn't a huge amount of content there. Um, and now there's some more content and it's free. And the reason that I threw this in there is it's just good to see Nintendo continue to slowly get into the thing of updates and new content is a thing we can do. Yes. Um, because <laughs> the you know, internet is a great thing at doing that that people use. Yeah. Wait, people get games yeah. from there. Are we in that market? <laughs> I, I can imagine. Oh my God. I can imagine like a board member just going like, wait, wait, you mean to tell me we put games out on the internet? Yeah. Yeah, we could they, they, they sometimes they feel so behind the ball, right? But like that's part of the yeah. The the company's like strategy is just like they don't necessarily conform to something. They make use of it when it makes sense to them. So. Yeah, totally. Um I would argue sometimes they to the uh, detriment, yeah. They make use of things when it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. you know, like uh cardboard voice chat via a mobile phone. Oh app. yeah, that cardboard that also. <laughs> yeah. Um so I'm just going to breeze through what I've played this week uh, or last couple of weeks now. I finished Mass Effect mm. 1 last week. Mm. Um, game is still good. good game. That game is still good. Although, so I was looking on how long to beat and like specifically for Mass Effect 1 and it's like, you know, 25 to 30 hours. I finished that game in like 17 hours. Yeah, my- and I did some side quests. I didn't do all of the side quests. But I did a significant chunk of side quests and I didn't even get any romance options. So I don't know what I missed. I don't know. I feel like I missed like I a quarter of that no, game. No, I, I don't I don't think so. Uh so in my uh I only remember this time because um I so I've done two playthroughs of Mass Effect, the whole series. Uh and my, in my second one I paid particular attention to clear times because I was interested in that at the time. So I just remember the numbers right now. Uh and it was like twenty, thirty, thirty two. Um and I particularly mm-hmm. remember those numbers because um, out, despite the fact that it was 20 hours compared to 2 and 3's 30 and 30 plus, uh, Mass Effect 1 felt like the longest experience because it's just not as like optimized, right? It's not like, it's it's not as grabby from a game design perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. The pacing's definitely mm. one of its <clears throat> biggest issues. Mm-hmm. The other just being the combat is definitely not there, but God damn, that story is so that good. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you want a really good sci-fi RPG that isn't insanely high stakes, um, lets you take your time and just really soak in a world, definitely mm. jump on that Legendary Edition when it goes on sale. Um, I'm going to play something else in between before I get into Mass Effect 2, mm. but yeah, that's uh, happening. Um, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII, the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm about five hours in. I'm going to give it five more hours. And if it doesn't grab me, I'm bouncing off and I'll play the remake at some point. Sure. Game is just not very good. It's old. Like, I'm sorry. As someone who has no... It's old. Yeah, I, I understand that. I like old games. No, no, I, I, I mean that as a... The, like, it's old. Mm. It's just old. Yeah. It's it's in the awkward yeah. transition from we know what we're doing and we've hit our stride in the in the Pixel Final Fantasies to this is a whole new ball game. Um, let's figure out our new lessons. So there's a lot of learning points in seven but, design. For me, it's like the combat's not that satisfying and the story is just trash. And I know that quite a lot of that is due to just bad or lazy localization, but it's just like, it feels like so stilted and horrible. 
And also, I know that games writing back then was stilted and horrible, but there are some really questionable moments and language. And when you don't have the veil of, I played this when I was 12 and it was my favorite summer game ever, um, like it's kind of just not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like not digging Barrett it himself as a character um, is very questionable. Yeah. Yeah. And like even putting aside attitudes, just like, you know, dropping words that are just, you should not put in there. No, I, 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 I mean, like, Barrett as a like stereotype because he's a stereotype. Yeah. 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 That's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. The stereotypes aside, it's like, I, I'm not going to say the words that are dropped mm. here, but you know, talking about people's mental uh, disabilities yep. In, yep. A, in a disparaging way, yep. just off the cuff, not related to anything or just a woman walking inside being like, well, at least I get to meet lots of men. It's so good being a secretary. Mm-hmm. It's just a thought that a character has. And it's like so Japan and so just <laughs> not say, okay so and just shit. Um, and, you know, uh, as, as I said, someone with no nostalgia, I have no, I don't owe this game anything. So mm. um, probably going to bounce off that one. Uh, picked up Demon Souls uh, remaster. Mm, pretty game. Uh, never played Demon Souls. It's a pretty pretty game. It's a good that's game. A, I've beaten the first boss. I think that's a really good um, game for the PlayStation 5, like early generation to like kind of show off what it's like capable of. Are you playing? You're playing on PS5, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, I, yeah I'm playing yeah. it on PS5. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks super good. Yeah, I think it, it's got it's got really good lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it is the the enemies are so stilted. In a way that's like, if you go from Sekiro to this, yeah, like, yeah. it's just like, a coat of paint. The, 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 the look of the game has progressed the 10 years since uh, it came out. But the game has not. Like, the game has not. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which I'm enjoying that. Like, yeah. I, I don't hold that against no, no, it No, no, I, I think it's, it's, I think just it's really part of the charm, to be honest. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is starting my, my soul's legacy. I'm going to actually go through all of them. Um, and I'm starting with Demon's Souls. Re- interesting. So, uh, yeah, interesting I'm, starting point. Yeah, I, I'm three hours in and uh, beating the first boss onto the second one now. I haven't played it since I beat the first boss because I am doing nothing but playing Valorant and League of Legends. Mm-hmm. That's all I do all day, every day. Um, if I didn't have to work, I would probably just play Valorant all day. That's how deep into Valorant I am right now. I'm playing, I'm playing ranked matches. I'm playing three to five games every night. Uh, I'm playing League of Legends Wild Rift, which then led me down. This is all Pokemon Unite's fault. So as you know, Blue, mm. I, played some, uh, I played some Wild Rift. I was really enjoying that. Mm. And I was picking that up maybe once a week, twice a week. And then Pokemon Unite came out and I went, oh, I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to go check that out. I was like... Yeah, this is good. I can see where this is going, but I don't like Pokemon. Maybe I should just play some more Wild Rift. So then I played some more Wild Rift. Then I bought the Battle Pass Wild Rift, so I played a lot more Wild Rift. And then I was like, oh, well, Wild Rift's pretty good, and I'm playing ranked matches in Wild Rift. But you know what would be better? If I just downloaded League of Legends on my PC as well and uh, start playing regular League of Legends. And, um, yeah, so I just play nothing but Riot games now. And who knows? Maybe there will be no podcast anymore because I just play Riot and have nothing to talk about. Um, so that's where I'm at. Valorant last night was playing with my buddies Andy Saurus, the number one backer of this <laughs> what, Patreon. I was playing. Why was with, that such a pause between the first and last parts of his name? Because I said his first name. I said his real name, right? Because I'm like very conscious every time. I'm like Mini Boss because that's his 
he's, yeah. I don't want to put people's real names yeah. out there without their permission, but, uh, but his screen name <laughs> is his real name. So it's like Andy uh, Soros. Yes, Andy Soros. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so queued up with Andy and uh, and Mini Boss and uh, Little Bambino Mamesma, mm. and we just wrecked some fools last night, mm. getting all my battle pass points up, mm. and it's just like boom, like hours melt away in that game. I love it. I love it. I'm getting better at it. I'm getting pretty decent at it. And uh, yeah, I'm just boom. That's it. That's my life. That's my life. I'm into that free to play riot ecosystem. I haven't even thought about buying a video game in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we are. Blue. Oh, blue. Oh, blue. What have you done? Uh, not too much of a secret. Uh, I am playing near incarnation, the mobile near game that dropped last week. Playing that as part of work as like mm-hmm. a disclaimer thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I am actually quite enjoying it. I think that, you know, for what it is, it, it's, it's able to give you very good story moments. Um, and I like seeing, mm-hmm. I didn't understand this, right? Like, cause we've worked on this game for a while now, uh, with this game, I should say, uh, mm-hmm. for a while now. And it wasn't clear early on what the appeal was and yeah, go figure the appeal is in the writing. The, the voice acting is really good in this game. The The tone of this game is good. The mm-hmm. atmosphere of this game is good. So there are some like really, really good visuals of this game. There's like this moment where you kind of walk up towards the edge of a, of a like platform. Like, and then like all the games auto walking, right? Like you, you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't be like walking yourself manually. You can, but like the game just allows you to auto walk if you want. Like that's that kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you walk up towards the edge of this platform and like, in the distance, in the mist, is a gigantic moose um, called a cursed god, um, which the community has affectionately named um, Bullwinkle. Um, <laughs> and it's just like stunning. It's a stunning shot. Like it, it looks gorgeous uh, on my like not even that amazing phone. Uh, and it's one of those things mm-hmm. where if you blow this up, because people have played this like on emulators and stuff, and like gotten it up to size. Um, it you know it's it's a phone game. It's designed to look good uh, on the small screen. So super super like jazzed for like what the game looks like. Uh, fair warning, if you do want to get into this. This sounds like up your alley. If you like near and you're like I want more near story. Um, Gameplay is a bit opaque. Um, like like why do you do anything with your characters and like how do you set up to go into battle? All of the gameplay decision making happens pre battle basically. Um, like you know if you want to like get into that that that's that's a bit rough. Um, if you don't have a guide to like walk you through. So fair warning. If you're interested though, I think it tells a good story. Does it tell a story that's like super, super original and you can't get anywhere else? Not really, not yet. But maybe there's more of the story mm-hmm. that I haven't gotten to yet. So that's one thing that's been taking up some of my time. Uh, and it's a gotcha game. Uh, so it's going to continue chipping away. Just like everything, everything. Well, at the moment it's a gotcha. The only other thing that I've been playing this week is not a gotcha game. Uh, and in this behemoth typhoon, um, I'm sorry, I mean in Guilty Gear, uh, a new character dropped. Uh, in this behemoth typhoon is a, is a meme from when this character was introduced. Um, mm-hmm. This character, every character has a gimmick in Guilty Gear. Uh, this character kind of has two, but so his main one, I think, is um, he can do a half circle in any direction and get a move. Mm-hmm. And um, that move, the like all of those collectively are called Behemoth Typhoons. So in the like intro trailer to this character mechanics, um, the the narrator had to keep going in this Behemoth Typhoon 
in this behemoth typhoon, in this behemoth typhoon, he explained every version of and what it does. So now it's just it's just mm-hmm. a meme in the community now, in this behemoth typhoon. Character's been out. The character's name is Gold Lewis Dickinson. He's been out for um uh a week. Yeah, just over a week at this point. Uh came out Tuesday last week, I believe, for uh for our time. Um I have so enjoyed this character. Not because particularly like, you know, aesthetics or whatever, but I really like learning in my games. And mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. this is a character that there's a lot of learning to do. Where I felt that three days in, I was playing at a completely different level from day one. And that's normal because you know you don't know how to play a character day one. And then by the weekend... I was feeling like, man, this, like every time I play, I'm refining my strategy of like what I want to do with this character. And there's this like executional aspect to him where for the first, I, I played like 20 minutes of training mode. And then I just to like get my hands around what his moves are, no combos, just what the moves are. Mm-hmm. And then I went into a like hour long session with a friend to like figure out how to play. And, you know, it was very hard. Um, Half circles are not a motion that I'm used to. And it's just one of those things where you have to get used to something. And then I spent two and a half hours, way past my bedtime, just rolling half circles and trying to get that consistent in training mode against no one. It's against a computer, like just watching mm-hmm. a video and then getting muscle memory down. And then the next day when I played, I was like, oh, holy shit, I understand half circles now. It's not 100% consistent. You know, I, I, won't, I probably won't get 10 out of 10, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um, and this like, feeling of like I'm slowly, just very tangibly getting better at this game. Um, because it's very frustrating when you play a fighting game and you go, in this position, I want to do X. And then you don't get it. Um, that's, that's frustrating. So like, to feel that slowly slip away and being like, yeah, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm freaking getting there. And now and then a mistake causes you to jump because behemoth typhoons sometimes have up in their motion, which suck. But goddamn, this is a very, very fun time. And um, it's not a, I don't know how to explain it better than what I just did there of like just learning every time you play and being like challenged to just get better in a game, in a match, um, look for new patterns because like, it's super interesting as well looking on YouTube. Um, this character has a very specific playstyle. A lot of the, of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Guilty Gear players will not gravitate to this, but everyone's trying him. And um, Goldfriend is stumping a lot of people. It, his playstyle is not good for a lot of people. Uh, and, and I think that at the highest level, he's probably not going to be a good character because I can like see very mm-hmm. clear problems with his playstyle and his game plan. But Man, it's super fun to be ahead of the curve in some respects. Like, I know I'm watching videos that are delayed out there. And obviously, like, they spent more time with it since they put a video out. But, like, I can watch a video and be like, yeah, I can see what you're doing wrong here. At least I think that that's, like, in, an inefficient and incorrect way to evaluate his tools. And I love it. I let, that feeling is crazy, you know, to, to have this thing that the community is, like, collectively trying to figure out. And then you see people who are doing well and you're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. All right, I need to incorporate that into my game plan. Oh, wow, how did he pull off that move? Like just from standing still, that's hard. And like, if you're not into the game, you're just like, oh, he did a move, cool. And you know, for me, it's like that—that's that's not an easy move to just do while uh, from nothing. You know, you want to like buffer into it or stuff like that. 
Guilty Gear Strive, yeah. the game that keeps giving. The game that keeps giving. That's awesome. Yeah. It's it's good to hear that you uh you know you're hitting your stride in Strive mm-hmm. and just uh you know continuing to improve, which is yeah, that's I guess the biggest thing for me is uh like I've chosen Valorant as my thing to mm. learn and um yeah, finding time to to also, I just don't. I'm. I'm never just going to sit there and uh, learn quarter circles for an entire. Night. Isn't that crazy? Like it sounds so dull when you put it that way, right? Where you're just sitting there for hours practicing mm-hmm. the same motion and being frustrated because you miss it half the time, if not more. Um, I don't know when I became this person. I don't know when because I remember um, being unable to do dragon punch motions. If you're unfamiliar, that's just forward, uh, down, down, forward. That motion, um, that was like impenetrable to me for a while. But then the game I played like re- required that to make a like inv- an invincible reversal, right? To like get out of a bad situation, it required that sometimes. So over the course of like six months, it became like ingrained. Now, like I don't, I still don't get it ten out of ten, but like nine out of ten, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, there you, go. there you go. Well, I think that's a wrap this week. Blue, is there anything you want to throw in here at the end? Um, yeah, I'm too tired to give you advice. So, like, take care of yourself. <laughs> take, take care of yourself. <laughs> yes, thanks for listening. Make sure you look after each other. And as always, folks, don't forget, pixelate your breakfast. Pixel of breakfast.